Hello, listeners. <laughs> this is Aiden here. Yes, I am still alive. And I really want to start recording episodes again. But first of all, I want to explain a bunch of things about why I haven't posted in a long time. I mean, recorded an episode a long time. And just some some general facts that I really uh, want to express right now so that the changes I make in the upcoming episodes are clear. I would highly encourage you that if you recommend this podcast to anyone else, if the Lord calls you to do that, if you want, if you feel like the Lord will have you do that, recommend this episode to them first because I want to make sort of another launching pad episode about how this podcast is going to go from now on. And that is some things that I have found out. And so, first of all, the the first the first um, launchpad verse was First Thessalonians five eleven. If you've listened to me before, you've probably memorized it by now since it's so simple. It says therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Now, I often have been speaking. In these last two episodes, the last few episodes, um, excluding my bonus episodes about posting my blog during my transplant surgery, I have been using, in my mind, I've been using the word encourage and build one another up as completely synonymous. When in reality, the biblical meaning of encouragement is not so much uh, a upbringing, a strengthening. It is more a strengthening in the sense you're encouraging them to do something. Our word of encouragement usually mostly has two meanings. One, to build someone up. You know, I'm going to encourage you. Like, you are very encouraging to me. I love how encouraging you are to me. Then there's also, I want to encourage you to do something. I want to encourage you more to have better faith, to grow in love, to to encourage you in the faith. But the biblical Greek word of encourage is just the exhorting type of encourage of I I cheerfully and sincerely want you to do this. I encourage you to try that. The build one another up is more so our other idea of encouragement, which is to build one person up, to strengthen them inwardly, to not maybe give them something they want to do, but to affirm what they're doing and say, that's good. I love what you're doing. It means something to me. I enjoy it. Keep it up. That last part, keep it up is the encouragement. So what Paul says here in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, encourage one another and build one another up. It's like a two-fold coin. On one side, you want to build one another up and show each other that they're good and that God loves them. I'm speaking about child of God in the church, uh, fellow children of God. You want to build them up Remind them of the truth of God's word. But on the other side of the coin, you want to um, tell them to excel in their faith, to love God more, to take more joy in him, to study his attributes more, to pray more. And so they both, they both make a perfect 
coin which we are to give other people. Encouragement and building one another up. Now, the the context, the context of First Thessalonians five eleven, almost always the more important context is what comes before it. All it's it's what comes before a verse. What is very important, but also after it is very important as well. You know the history of why. That verse is there, why that sentence is there in the Bible. And then you can see how did the author here take that verse and continue his line of thought as you look ahead. So first, before the verse, what is it talking about? If you ever read First Thessalonians 5 recently, you'll remember that it's about the day of the Lord. It, um, it, uh, it's this amazing picture of how, let me just read it to you, starting in chapter 5, <laughs> let me just read this, I'm reading out of the American Standard Version, ESV, sorry, What's the, what does the East English Standard Version, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version, <laughs> now concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come upon you like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sun destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the we are not of the night or of the darkness. Verse 6, so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live for him. Therefore, encourage one another up and build one another up, just as you are doing. Now, oh now, this is such a great passage. This is, this is like, this is as if a bride and a bridegroom just got married. But then the bridegroom says, I'm going to go on a journey, and I'm going to leave you for a while. But I promise, and I give you the, the, my, my word, which cannot be broken, that I will return. But that analogy I just used isn't perfect because Christ is with us, with us in our hearts. But he's not here in the fullest sense possible, which is being talked about on the day of the Lord. It's... Um, so with the context in mind, what do we really need to encourage one another in? Well, we need to encourage one another about how this life is not temporal. Therefore, we need to encourage them to grow more, to put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation, as it says in verse 8. And also, we need to encourage them to remember what 
is the helmet of salvation. For a helmet, the hope of salvation. The salvation that we have in Jesus Christ is an already not yet sort of idea. We have already been saved from death. We encourage our brothers and sisters to remember that. When Christ lived the perfect life, when he went to the cross, bore the sin of those elect, and from his from his sacrifice on the tree, on the cross, God poured his wrath on that. When Christ died, and when he rose again, and when he ascended up to heaven, in doing that, he has gained us salvation. And our salvation is so sure that, as Paul says in Romans 8, it's as if we are already glorified. Even though on this earth we're not glorified, we will be glorified one day. But it's so sure that Paul can say we are glorified. We are glorified because we will be one day. And it is sure it is set in stone. It is set upon the heart of God. And God is infinite and can never be changed. He is unchanged of all. Oh, what a great hope we have in that. This salvation is something we have right now, the freedom from sin, and we await to go to heaven to be with Christ forever. Therefore, we build one another up with these words, and we encourage one another to remember this hope of salvation and to put on the breastplate of faith. Faith is trust. Faith is both belief and trust. Faith brings faithfulness. And we urge people to have faith in this. And from it, from this great hope, we seek to have love. Out of love for what God has done for us. We love because he first loved us. God demonstrates his love for us. Now, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is what First Thessalonians is really talking about here. First Thessalonians 5. Now, that's before the verse. After the verse, it talks about final instructions. And it goes on about how to more serve Jesus Christ. I encourage you, I encourage you, whoever's listening, pick up a Bible. Go to 1 Thessalonians 5. Read verse, all the verses after verse 11, after 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I want you to read that and for the Holy Spirit to convict you in those things. Now, very importantly, very important, how I want this podcast to go in the future is encourage you not about the salvation we have in Jesus Christ, not so much, not about the privileges we have in this earth, not about even... um. The, the greatness of joy and the greatness of love in this life. But what I want to encourage you and what I want to build you up in, in these upcoming episodes, is knowing God more. Is knowing God more. Uh, understand this. The greatest change, the main and greatest change in the heart of a human when they are saved, when the Holy Spirit is put inside of them, is this 100% turnaround, this um, 180 turnaround from 
hating God and loving sin to loving God and hating sin. Let me repeat that just in case I got tongue twisted because I often do on this cool phrase. The greatest change is that we go from hating God and loving our sin to loving God and hating our sin. Now, what I want to do in these episodes is to show you who God is more, to make you know him more. To illustrate that, this, let me read you uh, um, a section of a post that I'm making on my blog. Uh, it's, it's close to the end. It's under the heading, Understanding and Knowing God. I wrote this a while ago, but oh, it is so great. <laughs> Understanding and Knowing God. I start with Jeremiah 9. 23 to 24 says thus says Yahweh or the Lord let not the wise man boast in his wisdom let not the mighty man boast in his might let not the rich man boast in his riches but let him who boasts boast in this that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love justice and righteousness in the earth for in these things I delight declares the Lord. Jeremiah, from the Lord, the Lord is saying, you shouldn't boast of any wisdom, any might, any riches. To the one who likes to boast, and in this current age and day, when we live in a social media age in the United States, it's all about who's who can be the best dancer, who can sing really good, who can perform on stage, who can be the best fit at pol- politics? Who can know everything about politics and know why every single politician has something wrong with them? It's not about that. It's not about boasting. The one who boasts, let him only boast in this, that he understands and knows me. Now, let's look at this word, know. That word, knows, in the Hebrew, has an extremely important meaning. The word know in Scripture has the meaning in the Old Testament of having an intimate relationship talked of in human terms for sexual activity, as Hebrews 13.4 says. Now, consider Genesis 4.1. Now Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. There's the word know. Sex is one of the many very good things God created that sinful men stated have twisted into abominations so that even when we hear the word sex, most of us cringe. (laughs) Paul Carter, with the Gospel Coalition, writes this from looking at Genesis 2.24. He says, Sex in the Bible is first and foremost about intimate relationship. It is about cleaving to your God-given other. Is about becoming one flesh. This Hebrew term implies more than, but not less than, physical union. It means almost becoming one person. Sex is about pursuing physical, emotional, sexual, and ontological ontological union. That is God-honoring sex. Now, look at this. God many times likens the relationship between those whom he has saved and himself to a marriage in very loving terms. For example, look at 2 Corinthians 11. 
Look at Isaiah 62 and Ephesians 5, 25 to the end. You're probably thinking, where is this going? I believe this is the best passage in scripture to explain this marvelous truth. Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. I encourage you to turn there as a note if you're if you're sitting or it with somewhere within your Bible. Ephesians 3, Ephesians chapter 3, the second to last paragraph. Chapter, uh, Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in earth and on heaven is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, verse 18, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. All right. To explain this, Paul's prayer is to explain this. Let's say Paul's prayer is fully answered in a man named John. Okay? I'm not thinking of any John here, just using a name. Like, it could be Joe. (laughs) Let's say John is a saved child of God who was named as being a part of God's family long ago. He begins to see more clearly how many blessings and mercies he has in his life that God has given him. He sees how the whole world glorifies God. As it says in Isaiah 6, he sees by the Spirit opening his eyes to see more and more of glories of God. And in the world, he see Christ. He sees that Christ is in his heart. And because of that, John's inner being is strengthened. And as that happens, he loves God more and becomes a more loving person. And the more he is filled and rooted in love, he has more strength to see even more of God's mercies. What are God's mercies? Manifestations of his love. So John here is continually knowing more and more of God's love, Christ's love. And John is finally is filled with the, with the knowledge of the fullness of God, with the knowledge John knows God more. And the more John knows, the more he loves, the more he is zealous, and the more desire to be like Jesus is in his heart. I love this quote from A.W. Tozer. He says, The Bible is not an end in itself, but a means to bring men to an intimate and satisfying knowledge of God, that they may enter into him, that they may delight in his presence, may taste and know the inner sweetness of the very God himself in the core and center of their hearts. I could go on reading the post, but I think that's enough for now. Do you see? Do you see, my beloved brother or sister in Christ? Do you see that? How I can really build you up. How I can really encourage you to love God more and to serve others more and to be rooted and grounded in love is by showing you God. Making applications about how God is everywhere. His glories are everywhere. And he is so great and all over our lives. So that's what I want to do. That's what I really want to do.
I believe that now God has most graciously and mercifully given me direction in this. I've prayed for direction in this, and I believe he has granted it now. Before, in this last few episodes, I was just, I wanted to start a podcast and talk about encouragement. Because I know encouragement is very important in the life of the believer. And it is very lacking in many schools of thought, in many um, churches, you know, in many schools, um, like college, college schools. Believers need to encourage one another, build one another up, so that we may not slip away, that we may not fall into sin. And that is lacking today. In these last few episodes, I've just been trying to speak about God and trying to love him more. And just like, I'm just like set upon emotion and trying to do it more. And that's good. I was a new believer in Christ. And there's another podcast, which I'd love for you to listen to called, um, what's it called? It's by Jesslyn Jackson. And it is on Spotify. It's called My Story of Grace by Jesslyn Jackson. My Story of Grace by Jesslyn Jackson. She only has one episode, but that one episode illustrates my point. That a new believer in Christ has so much love for God that is often run down over the years. Because, honestly, a lot of churches these days, they've lost a lot of their fire. And there's so much about doing stuff for God. And they love having Bible studies and worship. And yes, by the Lord's grace, so many are, are of them are into it and love it. But others who are just like coming into the church, who may not know about Christianity a whole lot, um, may be hard for them to uh, voluntarily join in some of the circles because it seems almost... Um, almost like boredom and not like a passion. Come, come, come to me, come to us. We want to show you the glories of Christ here. And so, Jesslyn Jackson, listen to that podcast called um, My Story of Grace on Spotify. And I just pray and I hope that in these upcoming episodes, God will strengthen me and he will strengthen you by my words. And he will show you what a great God we serve. And he will show you how glorious he is. And in closing, let me just pray here. Dear Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to serve. I pray that this will go well, that you will be glorified. Well, Father, be glorified in this. Be magnified. I pray for anyone listening right now that they you will just give them a desire to know you more right now. And give them a desire to grow more, to read their Bible more. Give them a desire to take joy in you, to know you more, and to build one another up and encourage one another and encourage people in their lives to love God more and fasten on that breastplate of faith and love and that hope of salvation in the helmet. Thank you, Lord, for just you, God, and your amazing grace, your amazing grace. In your holy name, I do pray. Amen. How do you turn this off?